You're listening to FMGRadio.com. Welcome to the Penelope Cox Show, the educator connector who's improving lives by connecting you to the premier educators teaching digital marketing today. And now, here's your host, Penelope Cox. Everybody, thanks so much for stopping by today. I'm your host, I'm Penelope, and welcome to our show. Our guest today is Mama Red Knight. Mama Red, she's a business strategist, and she works with entrepreneurs and also small businesses. And she's got this incredible gift where she's able to understand the challenges that you have in your business and then to put those challenges into doable step-by-step solutions in order to make things run a lot faster and a lot easier. So today, we're going to be talking about how to systemize and how to streamline and how to automate your business. And you're going to thoroughly enjoy this conversation. Actually, when you head off to listen to the interview, you're going to be capturing us right in the middle of a phone conversation. She and I had actually recently met on Facebook, and we'd gotten on the phone. We'd been on the phone for quite some time. We were talking about actually some social media stuff, and we decided to really kind of concentrate on what her area of specialty is, which, again, it's to how to systemize and streamline and automate your business. And when I started to listen to the talent and the skill set that she's got, I realized that, my gosh, this is a very unique individual that I so much wanted you in the audience to connect with. And because of the value that she brings, I wanted to share this interview with you. You're going to enjoy it. Again, you're capturing us right in the middle of the phone conversation. And so head off. You'll enjoy it. But more importantly, enjoy Mama Red Night. And we should tell our people in the audience, you and I initially met on Facebook. And we connected a couple of times on Facebook. We got onto a great conversation on the phone, and it lasted for a few hours. And we're saddened. We're we're sorry that we didn't record that conversation because you gave us some great insight. And that's when I wanted to invite you on the show so that the audience could have an opportunity to meet you. But you are about working with entrepreneurs. You're, You're about working with small businesses, and you help people systemize their business. You help people automate, you know, all that stuff. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Based on on all of that, folks in the audience, this lady is about giving back your time. Can we say that? She's about helping you you run your business easier, faster, streamlining your business, systemizing your business, so that perhaps you can get some of that freedom back, so perhaps you can find some of that time in your business to – do what you do best, to do what you want to do. So that is what we're really talking about today. But I have to start out with an initial question about your name. Mama Red Knight, she she goes by Mama Red Knight. It's a cute story on how you came up with your name. So share with us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Actually, I was given that name many years ago by my stepdaughter. It was in alignment with the fact that I was dating her dad, and she didn't like calling me by my given name. She didn't want to call me something else. And I said, well, go off and find something that you like. And it needs to be respectful to me, and it needs to be respectful to your mom. She said, okay. I think she was maybe 10 years old at the time. And so she comes back, and she goes, I've got a name for you. And I said, what's that? She said, Mama Red. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, Mama Red. And I said, well, I kind of like it, but how did you get it? And she goes, well, you're just so, you're just so 
mom-like. I thought, okay, because that's not how I think of myself. Um, and I don't think my son at the time would have thought so either. And the red was because I'm so passionate. A lot of people think it's because of the color. And I do use that color in my work and in my branding. Mm-hmm. The red is more about the fact that I am so passionate. When I get hot on something, it's like, look out. That fire hose part of me just you know, comes out. So it was between her and I for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Later on, I was actually teaching little ones from Sunday school lessons of all things, and they couldn't say my given name. And they'd stutter and they'd stumble. And finally I said, well, just call me Mama Red, trying to make it easier for them. Well, pretty soon their parents were calling me Miss Red, Mama Red, Red, you know, all these variations. And I kind of <laughs> found that I liked it. It was, it was fun for me. It fit that fun side of my personality. So I was at a conference one time and we were asked to stand up and introduce ourselves. And out of my mouth fell without any plan, which is, so typical. Um, I said, you know, my name is Mama Red and blah, 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 blah. And the whole rest of the conference, people would holler down the hall, Mama Red, Mama Red. And I decided to start taking it as my branding and build the Mama Red brand. And what I'm known for is being <laughs> that adorable thing that she called mom-like. But I'm the mom that will kick your butt and love you up in the same moment. Because if you tell me you have a goal, you tell me you want to get somewhere, I am not going to take excuses. And I'm going to love you to pieces while we get through it. And I'm going to call you on your stuff. I get called the kick-ass clarity coach because I will drill down and drill down and drill down and drill down until we get really clear on what you want to do. And then I'll help you find the steps to do it. I'm also your best cheerleader because once we get there and you make any step in the right direction, I'm like all over it. So that's how the name came. Well, thank you. And you do brand yourself Mom, Mama Red Knight. So if you want to connect with this person, it's Mama Red. It's definitely Mama Red. Okay, let's talk about how to run a business a little bit easier, a little bit faster, because people are screaming to find a little bit more time in their in their lives. So you talk about customizing people's needs and meeting their needs at where they are in their business. How are you doing this? How are you helping people? run their businesses a little bit faster, a little bit easier. How are you doing all this? My favorite way, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a bazillion ways to do anything, but my favorite way is to sit down with somebody and say, where are you now? What did you vision when you said, I'm going to be a business owner? Because a good percentage of us, and my hand's waggling in the air, do it because of a circumstance or life thing happens. In my case, my son was seriously ill and I couldn't work a full-time job anymore. I needed to be home with him and I couldn't have written a proposal if you had stuck fire under my feet. And so what happens is we go out with this passion for something and I call it drinking the live your passion Kool-Aid. You know, we go out and we want to coach or we want to do this product or we want to do this radio show, something that we're really passionate about. We, we've read the stuff that says live your passion, you know, and I believe in that. I truly do. The thing is, is when we get out there, suddenly all the day-to-day crap that needs to be done to run a business, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And the ideal first step, you know, we're, we're going to talk ideal and then doable. Ideally, you have a team. Ideally, you have somebody that handles the recording of the seminar for you, somebody else that does the planning, and you're focused on what you do best because every single one of us has that thing that we do best. Mine happens to be problem solving and then finding a way around. And then the technology that goes with that. But some people are the most phenomenal speakers. Some are the most phenomenal writers. And yet they end up spending all their days and nights and weekends and 
their families are, you know, thinking, hey, are you out there anywhere? Because they end up doing everything but that. Because to run a business is a whole different thing. So ideally, you get a team of people and everybody does what they're good at. You know, you have somebody who helps with the web. You have somebody who helps with teleseminars, all that kind of stuff. You have a team of people that do it. Yet, what I've seen in reality is that most of us try to do it all ourselves. And I swear to you, something's going to go. <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's, it's got ab- to absolutely boil down to, to funds. And that becomes mm-hmm. the biggest, one of the biggest challenges. And so, and you hit on it, people are, and I'm not saying people are ill-prepared, but I think that that's probably a piece of the puzzle, a big piece of the puzzle. Oh, I think they are very that. ill-prepared. And I say that with all respect, so, it has nothing to do with anybody being dumb or anything else. But if you take, if I may use mine as an example, when my son got so sick, it's kind of like, well, I can't sit around the house or I'd go bonkers. But where I was in my career at the time, I was about 31 years old. I had not yet gotten into the management side of things, so I really didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to do proposals. I could explain technology up one wall and down the other, but all the things that came with getting the jobs and finding the projects and everything else just had me literally sitting in tears on the floor of my office crying. That's the place that I think people are ill-prepared. And it is not a matter of bad and wrong. It is a matter of where their background is. There's a wonderful organization that is out there, and it's for free in the United States. I presume you have international listeners, but in the United States, there's an organization called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, that it's retired executives that have a specific expertise, whether it's business plans, whether it's uh, marketing, that kind of stuff, and it's a wonderful place to get some advice for free that'll help you on your business because one of the number one, one of the, the number one Let's be definitive here. Error that we make when we go out on our own is not sitting down and doing a business plan and saying, what are we going to get do to get from A to Z? And we wonder why the money isn't coming in and why it's just going out in droves. And the other thing is an awful lot of people that live their passions don't want to charge for doing that. And I didn't. And I'm here to tell you, it's not a smart way to do things because the last I heard, the electric company doesn't take barter. <laughs> they want cash on the on the nose. You've got to make the money to pay the bills. And it is the number one biggest mistake I see people doing is that not planning. And then they, they don't know why they're on overload. So number one is to get a plan together. That is one of the things that is my favorite thing to do. I am not an expert in all the fields, but I have fabulous contacts. And I know what I've screwed up on. And I, if I can do anything for people as I go into this next phase of my life, it's like, here's what I did wrong. Please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't do that because you will pay a price that you don't want to pay. To add a little bit to that, one of the bits of information that I recently heard, heard is when putting together your business plan, put that, start with the end in mind. And it could be start with how to sell your business. And then mm-hmm. work backwards. And and you're absolutely right. It's so unfortunate. People will tell us to find our patient and build a product out of the patient and the business out of the product, which I'm as strong as I could have. But right. it's so unfortunate that then people don't want to, to bill on that. They think, right. well, I don't know what they're thinking, but you're absolutely right. So go ahead. I, inter- I interrupted you. I think that one of the things that's hard for people who are particularly creative 
is they want to dive in and do what they do best. Agreed. That is absolutely the smartest way to do it. But if you don't have a plan, which I didn't and didn't for years, and that was for somebody who did massive details, flow diagrams and everything else for every client, but I didn't do it for myself. If you're going to try to go it alone, it's going to be really, really essential that you sit down with somebody. I would love for it to be me to deal with the planning aspect first, because otherwise you're going to go off in a thousand different directions. You're going to do all this marketing. You're going to create a product and then nobody's going to buy it. And then you're going to sit in a puddle and cry. Did that. Um, you're going to do this massive teleseminar thing that somebody says is the six figure answer to all your woes. And you're going to do all the things and you're going to think you did them exactly like you were supposed to do them. And you're going to get nobody sign up or you're going to get nobody show up for the call. And so many of the programs that I took personally, and I don't want to call anybody out because that doesn't do any good, but so many people have found whatever system worked for them. They package it up, they call it a blueprint, and boom, there you go. If you just do this, you're going to be a, you know, a six-figure earner or a seven-figure earner or some big number that sounds good. In point of fact, a majority of those people are like the stars that become the overnight success after 10 years of work. Yes. They have worked. They have made the mistakes. They have put together a program, and many of them are good. However, don't let yourself be swayed by this six-figure earner stuff. It's one of the things that you will not see in my materials. I have thought long and hard about it. That is the fastest way to get people to, to invest and invest big numbers because you think, ooh, woohoo. And all it does is load down your bookshelves and load down your credit cards and make your bank account very light. It may seem more expensive to get, you know, the advice up front and to do the planning. And I get that because I've spent years doing that for clients. And it really is the best time savings you can have. You've worked with major corporations. You've worked with IBM. you worked with with Intel and and other major corporations, helping to streamline their businesses. Are, Are there some of the techniques that you used for the major corporations that can be applied to small businesses, entrepreneurs today? Absolutely. Maybe they scale a little smaller than the IBMs of the world, but the techniques themselves, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And if I may share one of my favorites with your listeners? Please. I call it the threefer. And the threefer is this. If you do something once and it needs to get out the door, you do it and you get it done. If you find yourself doing it a second time, and you're struggling, you're going, now, how did I do that? How did I dial that phone? And how did I get that recording? And what list of things did I send to the speakers for my call? That's your heads up that if you've done it twice, there's a good probability you're going to do it more. If you do something three times, your job, and I invite you to try this, is to sit down and write down exactly what you do. Step by step, it'll slow you down. You'll be screaming. You know, your, your get her done thing is going to be having a fit. But what I've learned over years of consulting, years of my own work, is anything that's done three or more times has a high probability of needing done again. And the minute you start writing things down, I don't care if you do it on a yellow pad, but if you do it, then you can look at it yourself and say, oh, yeah, that's how I did that. I do this, and then I do this, and then I do this. The other thing that does is as you start to grow and as the income comes in and you can start hiring people to help, whether you get it outsourcer out of the country, or you get a virtual assistant, 
or you get your daughter, you know, whatever you do, you can hand that to them and say, here's how I do it. And you don't always have to be there. That frustrated to freedom piece that I talk about so often is because mm-hmm. typically those of us who have made the leap, you know, and we're, we've, we've drank that Kool-Aid, we're trying to do everything ourselves and we keep it all in our heads. And anything kept in our heads is subject to being done incorrectly because we don't have a cheat sheet, if you will. It can't be handed over to somebody else to do because the, every time it needs done, they have to come to you. And you cannot get freedom from those things you hate if you keep doing that. So I call it the three for principle. I like that. It makes perfect sense. So what do you, what's the system for organizing the systems? So once you, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I use Excel a lot. So I've got a massive mm-hmm. spreadsheet and just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I use a variety of tools and it really depends on the person. This is where that customization comes in. So let's say that you hired me to help you systematize and streamline and find those places where you could do things more easily. And you said to me, oh, I just absolutely love Excel. I'm going to ask you some questions to see if Excel is the right tool for the job. And it may or may not be, but if you're most familiar with it, that's where we're going to start. What can happen is it grows. And I have a whole variety of professional tools that, you know, I don't want people to have to learn, but one of my favorite tools is called mind mapping. And the reason I Mm -hmm. like mind mapping is because the tools that you can get electronically, or even if you do it on paper, allow you to organize and then reorganize and say, oh, goodness, I missed the step. I need to do this. Again, if I may share a technique that I use with corporate clients, and I use it with all my private clients too, especially those that are not real fond of technology, get -hmm. yourself a stack of index cards. Plain old, go to the dollar store, get a big old stack of index cards. And every time you think of something that you need to do or that you do in a specific order, write it down on an index card. So for example, let's say that you have a specific way that you manage your calls that you do for the show. The downside of a spreadsheet is it's very linear. And you may forget a piece or you may want to do it and you can't find it. And now it's in this big honk spreadsheet. You can't get to it. If you do it the non-techie way, you can take those index cards with you and you can, you know, you can be standing having a, a coffee at the local coffee shop and think of something and you can write it down and you can start to see patterns and then you can organize them. And what I have clients do is, for example, let's say we're trying to figure out who they want to target and work with in their market. I had a client that we called it the card deck exercise. She wrote down every trait that she wanted, and it went on for 45 minutes while we talked about this. And when we started, she said she wanted to work with everybody. When we were done, the answer was no, she didn't. Once we put those in there, we could start prioritizing them because the, you know, the cards are easy to shuffle around, and there's no technology to learn. If you get them, you know, on a, like a, one of the most inexpensive is free, <laughs> no investment at all from the cash outlay is called FreeMind and it's free to everybody. FreeMind is great because you can put all these little nodes up there and you can type them in and then you can rearrange them and just drag and drop them kind of like electronic index cards, if you will. They are great for when you're not sure what everything is. Explain it a little bit further how people can use mind mapping to systemize their our, their business a little bit. Excellent. Um, mind mapping is kind of a non-linear outlining tool. And for those of us that don't think in Roman numeral one A B, it's a block. It's a square that you like hang things off of. And the original creator of it did not create it for electronic. He created it as a way to help 
essentially brainstorm. You're in a meeting and everybody's trying to get everything together and somebody thinks of one thing and it doesn't really fit in the outline. So he created it as a visual way to capture ideas. And the original version of it was literally done on paper with you know, colored markers and symbols and things like that. And the reason I encourage the use of mind mapping is because when you're doing a brainstorming session, everything doesn't fall out in a nice little linear pattern. Mm-hmm. Things fall out when you go, oh, 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 have that idea. Oh, 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 <laughs> you know, and you have nowhere to put it. Mm-hmm. And so it gets lost or it doesn't get, you know, it, you get off on another track. Well, with the index cards or the, the electronic mind mapping, you can type it in there, throw it in. It can go anywhere. And then you look at it and go, what the heck? Why did I put, you know, create a marketing plan under accounting <laughs> you know, or whatever? So it's a way to do a nonlinear creative brainstorming. I use it not so much to create step-by-step processes because it's not really good for that. I use it a lot when I'm brainstorming with a client and we are fast and furious, you know, with ideas popping out and they fall all over the place. And it's just like, I keep typing because I type really fast. So I keep typing and then we take it and rearrange them and we organize them and we can prioritize them. But as far as step-by-step processes, you know, if you're going to tell somebody, turn on the lights, unlock the door, ooh, that would be backwards. Oh, let's, you know, unlock the door, turn on the lights, you know, and you're going to get into those step-by-step things. That's where Mm -hmm. you start getting into the processes that come after you've done all that brainstorming. Does that help? So do you... Yeah, yeah, thank you. And we all hear so much about mind mapping. I actually haven't used it, but I hear I love it. so many good things about it. Yeah. So um, do you specialize in certain industries, and do you specialize in certain areas of a business? I actually have a very, very broad background. I've done a lot medical, I've done a lot in computer, I've done work in manufacturing. So my expertise is less about the industry than it is about getting systematic. I did work for the federal government for a project and knew nothing about the medical department that I was working with. And I literally went in and sat down and did interviews. And since I've been doing this for 30 years, I've kind of got my own system of how I gather data. I don't need to know the industry so much as I need to know the goals. And in that particular project, which was, I was working for the Department of the United States uh, Armed Services that brings in the kids for like their uh, physicals and, you know, the testing and that kind of stuff. And what they wanted to do was get a lot more of it on the computer. They were filling out manual forms left and right. And then they were having to handwrite it again. And boy, were they breaking my three for rule, you know? (laughs) And so my job was to come in and see how they actually processed one of these, I call them kids because I'm so much older than they are. And I literally went to one of the processing stations and followed this kid all the way through. I mean, literally, he was 18, you know, I literally followed him all the way through and I was recording what I did, which, you know, so I could go back and listen to it. And it's that area of understanding how processes work and how to streamline them. The second aspect Mm -hmm. of my background is in the creation of products. And that may be a radio show, that may be an information Mm -hmm. product like a book or an ebook or something. My background Mm -hmm. in the corporate world specialized in that area. How do you create lots and lots of products, what we call information products in the online world? How do you create those without driving yourself to drink? 
and there is a system to do it, and it is not open up a Word document and cut and paste and do it again and again and again and again. And where it really comes into play with those of us who are entrepreneurs and business owners is that I want my time back, and I feel like I'm spending 14 hours a day posting to Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and Pinterest. And then I have to, oh, golly, gee, I got to go do a blog post. <gasps> you know, oh, golly, I didn't make any money today. I didn't get to coach today. I didn't get to do anything I love. But golly darn it, I have 10,000 things out on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, a killer. And if you do it in a, if you do it, and, and this is a tip, if I may share another one with your listeners, this is yeah. another way to do this that is not quite so time consuming. It takes a little while to get used to it. But it is really, really a great way to do it. When I'm working with somebody who's getting started in social media, I ask mm -hmm. them to go write down the top 10 questions they get about what they do or they wish they would get. You know, I mean, they may not have clients yet, so they, they may not know. And then I ask them to write the top 10 questions that people should ask them about what they do. And that's their first assignment. Nothing else. Just write them down. The second step is to go write a 120 character, this is important, a 120 <laughs> character response to each of those questions. So you would go through, you would write down your top 10 asked questions, your top mm -hmm. 10 you wish they'd ask you questions, write at least one 120 character response. The reason I have people do it this way is because Twitter is 140 characters and you always want to leave at least 20 characters open so that people can share what you did. And that gives them space to do that. The most sure. read posts on LinkedIn and Facebook are 80 to 120 characters. And what I recommend people come up with is at least three responses for each of those 10 questions. So let's just do a little math here. Not my strongest point, but let's see if we can do a little math. Okay, if you let me get my calculator. Down there. Hold on. All right, Hold dude, on, get getting... that calculator out. <laughs> I may need it. Out. <laughs> okay, go. Wait a minute. Okay, I've got it on. Okay, okay you ready? I'm ready. So now we have a list of 20 questions, right? Did I put that in my calculator? 20? 20. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if we write put 20 three responses to each of those questions, how many tweets, posts, etc. do we have? So it's 20, 20 times 3. three. <laughs> no. Girl, you're <laughs> worse than I am. <laughs> so at that point, we now a, have a, 60. We yeah, now have lot. 60 answers to our most asked questions written, you know, maybe just slightly differently that we can mm -hmm. start posting to Twitter, Facebook, mm -hmm. LinkedIn. We can rotate them, you know, so we don't do them necessarily all the same on the same day. But we now have 60 starting points. And most of us can find 80 to 120 characters that we can deal with versus 2,000 characters for a blog post, right? So this is why I break okay, it down so this way because when I give this assignment, it's a little more doable. So what is the system for maintaining Twitter tweets? Because seriously... Um, what do you mean um, by maintaining them? That, well, maybe I don't want to use the word maintain, but a place to keep your tweets because... There are, well, just like what you were talking about, 60 tweets that mm -hmm. talk about your business. Those are things that you want to keep because you're yes. going to retweet them. 
So again, I have an Excel spreadsheet of yep. this perfect. Twitter. Perfect. You know, which is it goes back to your three year thing mm-hmm. that man, I'm tired of reinventing the wheel when it comes to these tweets. I mean, because yep. you know, again, there's tweets that you repeat. Sure. So what's your system for, where do you keep your tweets? <laughs> Actually, um, <laughs> I keep them in an Excel spreadsheet. But one of the other things that one of my contacts and one of my coaches taught me to do, and I never thought about it, is to put the date down. So I have a column, you know, in, the, in there that says I tweeted it on this date for the first time. And what I would also suggest is it can get pretty overwhelming pretty quickly. So let's say you have 60 that you did mm-hmm. and you don't like Excel. Well, then don't use Excel. <laughs> use Microsoft right. Word if you want to keep it electronic. Or you could use, there's a tool called Evernote that I love. That's a great one for that. And mm. it's a great one for gathering ideas, you know, that you want to go back to later. Any place you can centralize it for now that works for you is the starting point. Start with where you are because there is already so much technology around that people get really, really overwhelmed. And so if they are not particularly into technology, I try to find the most minimally invasive (laughs) um, technology that they can use. And if that's Word, fine, let's do a table. And in fact, one of my classes, that's actually what I created them. I gave them a template that had number one question, number two question, and then columns for the three answers, you know, so that they could keep them. Simple. It's not going to win awards for fanciness. Now, if, can I share so, a next step or no? Do you have something yeah. else you want to ask? No, go what ahead. What I was going to share say away. by doing this, <laughs> what, what's neat about doing it in this approach is, first of all, it becomes more doable. You're not trying to allot a, a 10-week segment of coming up with tweets. The second thing is the same approach can be used, and I I realize now I did it, I didn't know it at the time, would be, for example, I had a series of teleseminars that I did every month. Well, the same basics were going out. The topic was different. The link was different. But, you know, overall, it was pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. And so what I started doing is I would have one of those for every event. Mm -hmm. So I would have the tweets for, you know, blah, 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 January 2010 call or whatever. And I would keep them all in a folder because then it became a way I could start building. And that's what I'm starting to do is I put together templates. Again, it's all on my mm-hmm. computer, but I agree with you. Yep. That sometimes you don't always want things on your computer, but they become template folders. It might become Twitter Absolutely. templates. It might become show templates. It might become, well, any. again, I think that's such excellent advice. Anything that you do three times, templatize it. Is that a word? My personal business manager doesn't really like technology a whole lot. She leaves that to me. She goes, I don't even want to know. But she has very neatly done notebooks. She still does a lot of things by hand because it's what works for her. And if I may take, I don't want to blow anybody's mind, so I'm not going to go to my full thing that I know about reusability. But one of the things about doing it this way is that once you have those 80 to 120 characters, Typically, what happens is you think, oh, well, I need to tell them this and this and this and this, you know, and and it starts the brain thinking. And now you can take those extra ones and maybe make a blog post out of it. Or you see the beginning of some way to train one of your clients. The second way I do this, which is especially useful for people that have kind of a process they teach, which a lot of coaches do and a lot of consultants do, 
they have, you know, their seven step process to doing X or their five step process to doing teleseminars or, you know, whatever it may be. And those are mm-hmm. fabulous ways to build your content without drowning. Because I think of it as ingredients. If you mm-hmm. go into your kitchen and every single ingredient that you had on your spice shelf was all in one big baggie, you couldn't make many different recipes, could you? You know, couldn't make all any. Blum together. Nope, you oh, really yeah, couldn't. You couldn't make any. Blob together. With Blob. content, the easiest way to manage it is to keep it in the smallest bit possible, just like you would keep your cinnamon in a jar and your flour in a container. And so most of the time when I teach, and you'll see this in some of the blogs I do, I use cooking analogies mm-hmm. because it's something most of us are familiar with. If you take your steps, let's, you know, would you pretend with me for a minute for the case, for the benefit of our listeners? Yes. Yeah, I'm good at this part. Thank you. <laughs> good. Thank you. Good. Let's say you have a five-step process for being mm-hmm. a show host. And somebody mm-hmm. says to you, oh, my goodness, Penelope, we just absolutely love what you do. Would you please teach us how you do it? Mm-hmm. And you look at what you've done for yourself, and you realize, well, there's really kind of, you know, let's say five big steps. But, oh, my God, when I think about writing this up, I'm just about ready to, you know, go commit Harry Carey. Take a deep breath. Let's do a similar thing that we did for the, you know, to start off with your most asked questions. Write down each step. And it doesn't have to be the final name, but just write down the name of each step. So let's say, uh, you know, your first step is find somebody to interview. Research. Perfect. So under your research category, you're going to then write your questions. What do you ask yourself when you're doing research? Where do I go to find people? Right. Once you break it down that way, you start mm-hmm. having content that can be built up kind of like, uh, again, if I'm going to use the cooking analogy, I tell people this mm-hmm. is kind of like you have your basic recipe for your spaghetti sauce. We need some tomatoes. And golly gee, how about, well, golly gee, all I really need is tomatoes. So there's my basic tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, you know, really, I love oregano in my tomato sauce. I'm going to put some oregano in. And, you know, you start adding ingredients kind of that, to that basic recipe. If anybody's ever watched some of those show, cooking shows, they'll talk about like a basic recipe for um, like sugar cookies. And sure. then you can add in peppermint chips or you can add in nutmeg or whatever. That's how I teach people to do their content. And how I really, really, really got into the strategy side of all this is because mm-hmm. that's how I do content. And content is what's needed by every single person out there. I don't care whether your business is IBM or Mama Red Knight or Penelope Cox. We all need the content. Mm-hmm. So if you will take your five steps and decide it, just start writing the notes. If you want to do this on index cards, great. What are the key points about research? Well, golly, jeepers, there's a tweet. Oh, wow, that mm-hmm. could be a post on Facebook or you know wherever you want to hang out. The other thing I will tell you is that you will end up with more content than you can probably ever share because of this one fact of technology. Every single bit of content you have from the 120-character tweet to your 10,000-page submission to the United States government, which, by the way, I've worked on, every single one of those can be in one of four formats. You can deliver it in text format, which is your typical tweet. Mm -hmm. You can create an image out of it, so that's Number two, that's where your Pinterest comes along. Number three, 
is you can make an audio out of it. And number four mm-hmm. is you could make a video. So for every bit of content you already have, you can make it out in four different ways, and those are four different deliverables. That's absolutely invaluable because that's one of the big questions that people always have. I don't have content. Where am I going to go get my content? And it's right there. It's right there in their business. Well, Okay, help us understand. You are so knowledgeable in different areas of, I'm going to say, digital marketing because we've talked Pinterest and we've talked LinkedIn and we've talked Facebook and we've talked Twitter, we've talked systems. Do you help train people in the different marketing tactics, such as how best to use Pinterest, how best to use Twitter, or is it more in the systemization of setting that stuff up? My other part of the question was your products, your services, because you have talked about the the service of systemizing businesses. You have talked about helping people discover the content that they have in their business so they can turn that into a product. Um, you also provide consulting needs, obviously, and back-end tech issues. So you do have some set services you provide. Help us understand more specifically, how you really, really help people. I'm hearing systems. Yes. At the base of it, and if I may share my big why for all of this, I don't give a flying hoot about technology. I really don't. I could care less if technology took a flying leap off a short pier and drowned. It drives me (laughs) crazy. But you're a geek. You know, you're a geek. (laughs) How can you say that? And uh, my mom one time called, and I was just serious and I was swearing like a sailor and she's like what is wrong with you I thought you loved computers I said I hate the bloody things she goes but (laughs) how can you say that they are a necessary part of how we do business these days my big why if I could drop everything about it every title every everything about all this that we've been talking about my big why is because I believe that every single person on this planet has a message to share with people I believe they have a story I believe they have a gift Yours is making those connections. Everybody has a gift. And my big why is I want those voices heard. If we were still doing smoke signals, I would teach smoke signals. And I would find the fastest way to teach smoke signals and do smoke signals. Because I don't really care about the technology. And one of the reasons I don't like to talk about specifics like Facebook or whatever is because those are social media things. They're not a plan. Those are how you get your message out into the world. And the whole other category of things like that are books, candles, um, white papers, you know, I mean, this whole category of content. But for me, it all comes back down to the fact that I want to help you get your message into the world. And if technology is stopping that message from getting out, then I am in. You know, I am <laughs> in. And there's three basic ways that people can work with me. I'm developing some entry-level classes that are not so expensive as coming with me on you know, one-on-one coaching because that can get expensive. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to learn because that's how you're going to get a customized solution for what you do. But there's three ways. One is what I call the DIY. Take my classes, come to my, I did a free Q&A call on Pinterest. You can come to those things and you can start learning because I don't hold back as you, I hope it's been shown in this call that I don't hold back. I don't believe in doing business that way. But you can take it and you can learn it. The downside about DIY is that there's always some little piece that you don't know how to do that you get stuck on. 
and either you spend 4,000 hours scrolling the internet and, you know, going on YouTube, or you just don't do it. You just get stuck. The second way I work with people is my coaching and consulting. And that's what I call done with you. So you would come to me and we would start out with a strategy session. What do you want to do? How do you want to do it? What are, your, what are you good at? You know, what, do you, what do you like to do? What drives you crazy? So that's how the coaching and consulting sessions start. We would then work together for whatever length of time we contract together to help build what you want to build. But I show you what to do. I will tell you, okay, now, Penelope, here's the things you need to do before our call next week. And I will give them to you. And if it means I write up a step-by-step procedure, guess what? <laughs> I will write up a step-by-step procedure for you. Mm-hmm. I'll train you how to do the things. The third way people can work with me is to just say, you know, I don't want to do any of this. I only want to sit on the calls and host people. I'll do my own research because I'm, you know, I like to do my research, but I don't want to do any of the rest of it. I just want to toss it over the wall and you tell me when you're done. Okay. Bye. Love you. <laughs> Boom. And that's what I used to do for the corporate clients. Literally, mm-hmm. they would say, we want this done. What's it going to cost? Great. So that's the three ways that you can work with me. And again, it's not about Pinterest. It's not about Facebook. And I actually had this come up last week after I had kind of a week of focusing on Pinterest. I had an opportunity to be the highlighted person for a particular group I was in. And what came back was, oh, she's a social media person that really loves Pinterest. And I wanted to crawl in a hole and cry because it is only one thing. It's not that I mind being known for that, but I'm not a social media strategist. It's not where I put my effort. I am a strategist for your business. And then we find out whether Pinterest is right. We find out whether Facebook is right. We find out, you know, those things. But my preferred way of working is that we're doing it as all part of a big picture, not, you know, just, oh, well, we'll do this. I did Pinterest for two reasons. One, I had a really great, seminar I listened to that helped me understand how to put my non-visual business into visuals. I love that. I love what you've done. Thank you. I appreciate that. Knowing that you went and looked makes me feel good. Thank you. We talked about that that when we started, that if anyone wants to see how she's taken the non-visual business and making it visual, because I was wondering, how does she do this? And that's probably right. why I have avoided Pinterest. Go to her Pinterest account, and it's Mama Red Pins, P-I-N-S. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, is one thing that people don't realize is that you can build your pins, your pin count, and that kind of stuff. The big part of it is is pinning other people's stuff. So that's kind of how I started. I didn't know what to put up for myself. So I started going and finding things I liked. And doing that. And that's actually, we recommend about a five to one ratio that you pin one of your pins that you've created from something like on a blog post or something. And about five of somebody else's. So that you're not always out there going, me, 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 (laughs) me. And you will see, I mean, it's real distinctive what pins are mine and what are not. I have a rather distinctive style, Mm. usually pretty colorful. Mm -hmm. But how I started, if your listeners would like to know, and again, please understand it's part of the overall strategy. But if you really are looking at a way to take what you call a non-visual business and one like you where you're struggling, here's Mm -hmm. where we have fun with this write it down thing again. Take a piece of paper, take index cards, take an Excel spreadsheet, and write down your top 21 tips that you've learned of being in your business. 
So if your coach, write down the top 21, preferably if you can get it to 50, that's even better because you have a huge volume of things you can do. And when I sat down to do this for myself, I thought, oh, I'll never come up with 21. And before I knew it, I had 98 tips. Once you create those tips, you can use tools that you already have, like PowerPoint, Keynote. Um, you can get one of the free ones, like Zoho or Open, um, what's it called? Open Office. And you can actually use a tool to, that you would normally use to create, like, you know, death by PowerPoint slides. <laughs> And you can make those into an image that can be penned. And that's how I started. Because that was one of my biggest questions. How do you turn marketing into a visual? To me, you're a perfect example of how it's being done. And the same similar tip you gave when you and I were talking for a few hours on the phone a while back before we started the show, the same tip you gave me on those people that want to author a book, are they thinking about writing a book, what's your system for tracking all that content that a person wants to pour into a book? Don't write a book. Okay. And that goes totally against most of the experts and gurus out there, which I call the write a book mantra. Write a book, write mm -hmm. a book, write a book, book, book. And the minute you think you're going to write a book, you tend to freeze. Unless you have a very extensive writing background and you prefer to write longer things, you're going to swim and you're going to get overwhelmed and it's never going to get out there. And the second thing is, is for anybody that has come through the American school system that is older than I'll say 35 or 40, um, we were taught that a book was some massive thing that had a table of contents and a cover and um, in notes and footnotes and all these, you know, things that equal a book. And I've, I've literally counseled probably 10 people in the last two weeks not to write a book in that way, because that's where it gets overwhelming. So if you will take your best 21 tips, compile them into a visual, you can put them on Pinterest. Now you can take those 21 tips and assemble them together and make a little tip book out of it. So now maybe we take your example and we say, well, gosh, you've been in this business a long time. You got to know a lot of stuff. Yeah, one of the tips you gave me, Mama Red, was, uh, it sounds like kind of similar tips that you're talking about, but I kind of toy with the idea of maybe or maybe not write a book, and I always come up with these chapter ideas or, or this content mm -hmm. idea. What, what might be the tips to keep track of all that content that I might want to throw into a someday book? If you are Some an Excel book. person, let's say, I would make a page for each of your chapters and start putting your ideas in there and mm. just put, you know, mm -hmm. a summary statement about what you wanted to cover. If you are non-techie, put it on index cards and put each idea on an index card. There is a great tool that is really not very expensive. It's not free, which I'm known as the queen of the free tools. It's not free, but it's called Scribner and it was specifically designed for writers. And it's mm -hmm. S-C-R-I-V as in victory, E-N as in Nancy, E-R as in Robert. And it's a great one for putting all the pieces together. And the final one that I would say is a mind map is fabulous for that. Mm. Because you don't mm -hmm. necessarily know how things are going to go when you get started. You just know you got like this plethora of ideas hanging around. 
But the thing that I would tell people is don't try to write a big monster book. It'll take you years. It may never sell. And then you're stuck and you're in tears. Start out with something small. Your top 21 tips for doing what you do. So remember when we talked about those questions, you know, we had 20 questions. Take those 21 questions, add one. So you have 21 because people like 21 for some reason or 101 or there's all these numbers. Take those put them out as tweets, assemble them together, and now you have a book or a booklet if you prefer. And I have a client who did this exact thing with her health tips, and she literally found that she had probably six books that she could write from tips she already had written. And she actually made for a giveaway a book about her top 21 tips for being having good health. And she wrote me back and said, oh, my God, this was so much easier. (laughs) And, again, that's a great tactic. Instead of of putting together the big picture of I'm going to author a book, um, Mm -hmm. they become more giveaway items. It's it's a great tactic for people to get to know you. I think that's excellent. And it becomes part of your email, I guess, email generator for opt-in that people can can provide free or becomes, what, a downloadable ebook something like that it can be a download it can be put on kindle it can be put on nook but everything starts Mm -hmm. with this writing down these tips and when you do it that way remember we kind of started this conversation with the how do i get out of the overwhelm Mm -hmm. if you take these things they can all be leveraged and reused and recombined and think of it as your content kitchen where you can go get a little bit of that cinnamon today, but maybe you want more of the cinnamon tomorrow. You can tell I like cinnamon, can't you? But any way you do this, the way you get that freedom is to systematize. And by systems, I don't necessarily mean it has to be technology, but what I love doing is seeing what people are struggling with that technology is good for automating. We sometimes try to do things with technology. Mm -hmm. We really don't need to do with technology and we have other things that we don't do with technology that w- it's perfect for and one of them um, and before I say it I'm going to confess to this because if somebody goes to my site they're going to go well where's your 21 tips book I'm building it it is because I had this overwhelm and when I was first given the instruction to write a book I froze I literally froze yeah. because in my mind a book was thousands of pages with you know, all this fancy stuff and it had to have special tools and, you know, on and on and on it went. Because somebody said to me, what in the bloody blue blazes is wrong with you? You have enough content to choke a horse. Why are you stuck? And they weren't going to cut me any slack either. <laughs> and because I had come from this corporate background where I was writing these very big documents, I mean, my smallest document on average was 200 pages. My biggest document that I ever worked on was 10,000 pages. Mm, Killer. So in my head, I thought that's what I had to create. Yeah. And there was no way. (laughs) There was no way I wanted to do that. So I stayed on freeze mode for five years. Five years. Mm -hmm. I was stuck. I don't want that for other people. Mm -hmm. Remember also that these days, the way things are, people like things in little snippets, if you will. Yes. Yeah, they'd rather have 21 tips that they can read on the train or while they're flying that don't take them hours to consume. And another marketing one, and you may like this one, is with that marketing background you have. <laughs> mm-hmm. If Excellent. you do a bunch of 
smaller books. Mm-hmm. So if you do a bunch of smaller books, let's say you do 21 Tips Part 1, 21 Tips Part 2, you know, or this 21 Marketing Tips Series, if you go onto somebody's website or if you go onto Amazon and you see that they have a whole series of things and they mm-hmm. like your first one, you have now got an audience that's more attuned to buying from you and you have more to offer them. So you mean like you take each tip and turn it into a small book? You would take a group of tips um, like she did, like my client did with the health things. You know, she had been giving out these tips in her newsletter and she made a 21 tip booklet, but she wrote me and she said, I have probably a hundred, 150 more tips. I said, perfect. Um, you could do any number of things, and you could do an audio book. You could put that on yeah. video. I mean, ideally, yeah. and it's not just about me being a consultant, but I'm also mm-hmm. a business owner, and I'm also one who's lived with overwhelm. And what I do know is the more you offload that stuff to somebody else, the better are you are, better off you are. Because that way you're back to doing what you do best. Nobody can tell your story like you do. Nobody can host a radio show like you do because that's part of who you are and that's come because of your life journey. Sitting and making you putts around with a WordPress site or figure out how to edit a recording, bluntly speaking, it's a ridiculous waste of your time. That's a great place to end. If I summarize it, first and foremost, you're a real strategist, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. Would that be right? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. I really am. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You've been an absolute pleasure. You're you're an absolute pleasure. Uh, And for our audience, if they want to connect further with Mama Red, the best place for them to go, again, that would be your site, mamaredspeaks.com. Is that right? Yes. And there are places there for you to send me an email. There's a place for you to schedule a, I have a, what I call a 24-minute Ignite Your Business Rendezvous that I give to people who sign up for one. And you can literally go to my website. You can get my calendar and you can schedule and then I'll get a notice. Okay. And the one thing I really want, if I may, is you said something earlier that I really want to emphasize for people. Whether you choose to work with me, whether you don't choose to work with me, please don't let anybody tell you that there is a one size fits all. It doesn't exist. It's horse pucky. Your situation has some similarities to somebody else's. You can leverage those similarities and then make it your own. Not many people are going to have on the top of their website sexy back ends for your business. That's why people need to spend time talking with you. You are an idea machine. And you are about <laughs> customizing people. You are about customizing people's needs. You don't package yes. people. You let people be them, yes. be authentic. Mama Red is very real, Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, that's one nice way to put it. (laughs) You are one straight shooter. And you can get her complete bio along with her links that we did talk about. They're going to be archived here on FMG Radio and also on my site at Penelope Cox Show. Mama Red Knight, you're the best. uh, You're you're an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm glad that we connected on Facebook. We actually connected through a, a common colleague of ours, Papa Sue. Pop Soup and Mama yes. Red. Uh, let's see. Yes. The Penelope Cox Show airs every Thursday evening, 8 p.m. 7 Central on fmgradio.com. I'm Penelope Cox. Thanks for stopping by this week. Remember, 
Invest in your education. Learn from the best. You've been listening to the Penelope Cox Show, The Educator Connector. All Showtime's guest files and interviews are archived on Penelope's official site at PenelopeCoxShow.com.